romantic enemy. You create more problems than you got to remedy. You're misleading and deceive my people endlessly. And then you wonder why me never want you next to me. Your civilians are like slaves, like in servitude. And the only way you keep them is to keep them from the truth. While your institutions keep indoctrinate the youth. We hear you speak of hope and change, then you leave no proof. Hello to all here. I hope this broadcast finds everyone and their families safe and healthy. Now, in light of all that's been happening in the news recently, it's pretty clear we're living in times of great political turmoil and conflict. The problem with that is we seem to be blinded by what I would call the smoke instead of looking for its source, the fire, which is the real problem. Why are we doing that? Let's all stop being distracted by the political equivalent of the Wizard of Oz, which is just smoke and mirrors, and start looking at the little old man behind the curtain. He's the one in control. Now that's the currency and monetary systems in place in this country and globally. They're very much not the same thing, and they're in place no matter who comes and goes in the political arena. Now the way to begin any examination has to be with cold data and hard truth. Politics, my friends, is passion and a relative thing. Finance, however, accounting, are not. Numbers are brutally honest. It doesn't care what side you're on, what you believe, or what your agenda is. Now that's a place from which all of us in this nation can communicate in the same terms. That's a place from which all of us can work and build upon. We'll have to do this in parts, but let's start with where the nation as a whole stands today, financially, from past to present. In any truthful analysis, you have to start from an accurate accounting of the whole. So let's begin there. From a historical perspective, over the history of the U.S., the national debt has averaged about 30% of the nation's annual economic output, or GDP. In May 2020, however, the national debt reached 120% of the nation's GDP, shattering a record set in 1946 of 118% for the highest level in U.S. history. That, of course, was due to World War II, when the U.S. shifted its entire manufacturing output towards supplying and winning the largest war in world history. Immediately following the war, those numbers returned back to normal. The two are not comparable. In 13 months, from November 2019 to December 2020, we've increased our national debt by $4.7 trillion. That represents an 18% increase in the overall U.S. national debt done in a single calendar year. And we are still quantitative easing to infinity, and we've just passed another round of a trillion dollar stimulus package. As of December 2020, our debt to GDP ratio is 132%. And that is not even probably accurate because we have not yet been able to measure the full effect on GDP from business lockdowns and failings in 2020. This is not the same as World War II. As of December 31st, 2020, the U.S. Treasury Department's official figure for the debt of the federal government is $27.7 trillion. More precisely, that's $27,747,797,000,000 worth of debt. That's a hard figure for most of us to wrap our heads around, so let's put it in different terms. Imagine a person or a company being $1 billion in debt. You'd have to multiply that by a percentage of 
thousand percent in order to equal the debt of the federal government. Greetings. This is Luciano Jamesinger, and I got this message for you. No matter where you are in the world, sunshine beaches and reggae music is nice, especially in South Florida. And if you're ever looking for opportunities in South Florida for real estate, remember to call Dax Dunn at 954-866-2171 or visit them at DaxDunn.com and tell them you were sent by Luciano, the messenger. Oh, Alfonso, me the beginning and the end. As I said, the number to call is 954-866-2171. That's done. And it done. Messenger says so. Federal law requires public corporations to account for their explicit and implicit liabilities and obligations. These include their financial burdens that companies have committed to and accrued but not yet paid for. The federal government is no different. Per the USGAO, the Government Accountability Office, at the close of 2019 fiscal year, the federal government had accrued roughly $10.1 trillion in liabilities that are not accounted for in its publicly held national debt, such as federal employee retirement benefits, accounts payable, and infrastructural liabilities. $35.2 trillion in unfunded obligations for current, not future, Social Security participants. $42.3 trillion in unfunded obligations for current, not future, Medicare participants. The unfunded obligations of Social Security and Medicare represent how much money must be immediately placed in interest-bearing investments to cover the projected lifetime shortfalls for all of the program's current participants. Therefore, balanced against the value of its commercial assets, the federal government has a combined total of $103.7 trillion in debts, liabilities, and unfunded obligations at the close of its 2019 fiscal year. That shortfall amounts to essentially $315,000 for every person living in the U.S., $806,000 for every household in the U.S. This is 480% times the size of the annual U.S. economic output. This is 2,900% times the annual federal revenues. If we were to sell the combined net worth of every U.S. household and organization, including all assets and savings, real estate, corporate stocks, private businesses, and consumer durable goods, it would represent 91% of this shortfall. That is all. These debts, liabilities, and unfunded obligations are current as of 2019 and not going to go away. Not by ignoring them, not by burying our heads in the sand. These commitments are part of our national reality regardless of which party, politician, political agenda, or policy exists now or in the future. Do we really think we can just print paper currency endlessly to no effect or consequence? Could you run your business or personal finance like that? Why then would the nation as a whole be any different? Yet we're doing so with reckless abandon. And we've been doing it to some degree or another for 50 years. Some would say for over a century. 
Why is that happening? That'll be our subject next time when we discuss currency, banking, the Federal Reserve, and their actual powers. And